Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Hey, White Sox fans, it is Southside Sox Mothership Podcast number 47. Look at this group of people I got with me. I guess unless you're watching, you can't see, but well, trust me, they're here and you're going to hear from them real soon. Uh, we have the full, once again, as always, the full Indianapolis contingent. The field office is well represented with Crystal Keefe. <sighs> Sadly, her winning streak and coverage has recently been snapped, but she's going to start a new one awfully quick. And it's Sox Math Champion. What a story. Just casually strolling down the street, doing a little window shopping. <laughs> He's shopping for Sox Math, catches a Sox Math question and decides, hey, I'm going to solve it. Boom, solved. Sox Math Champ, Super Joseph Reese is with us. Uh, that makes up the Indianapolis field office. Uh, live from the storage locker in the Chicagoland area, it is Darren Black. Uh, he is joining us. Normally, we only see him. We, only, we let him into a regular White Sox podcast. Believe it or not, he's got things to say about the White Sox as well, not just the minors. And also representing the ET, it's Tommy Barbie, close to me, my dear neighbor, just in the north, uh, hopping on for us. Okay, let's get right to it. Enough of this nonsense. I'm Brett. How you doing? Okay, White Sox got creamed over the weekend. Four losses. Uh, none of them really close, but one. Uh, that's not great. Houston has sort of leapfrogged them as the best team in the American League. If we're going to go by this day to day to day to day sort of thing, uh, White Sox run differentials fall into fourth in baseball, uh, obviously second in the American League now, still well in hand, the central division. They're still projected to win the central division by about 20 games. Uh, that's great. But right now, uh, we got some butt hurt from getting whooped in Houston. It was not even close. It was pretty sad. In fact, uh, all of you saw it. Some of you even solved and won Sox math during this series. So uh, 
I got nothing more to say about it. What do you guys think about this last weekend? Uh, panic button, depression button, uh, getting healthy off of Pittsburgh and Seattle button. Uh, what is it? I'm all on team. Don't freak out. It's June. Who cares right now? Um, let's just beat them when it truly does matter. And let's just make other teams cry right now because, you know, <laughs> our stretch coming up, they're not, well, actually pirates surprisingly haven't been that yeah. bad lately, but I think it'll be an easy, you know, week. And then who cares? It doesn't matter right now. Okay, so you're sort of a uh, a hair of the dog approach here where it's like, okay, this was ugly, but let's just dive right into what is going to be a very promising week. Promises to be a nice week unless Pittsburgh decides to uh, pull what they did against Cleveland. Yes. All right. Uh, other approaches from the rest of you? Yes. First of all, thank you for the very kind introduction. <laughs> that was very, very excellent. You live for my introductions, Joe. You live for them. Yes, very much. Um, <laughs> I enjoy them every time. Um, I'm also on team don't press the panic button. Um, except for your mean, I would press the panic button on him. He needs help. I would send him down to Charlotte <laughs> soon. Um, and um, yeah, it was a he was a great story for the first few weeks of the season. But right now, he just does not look like an, a player who is capable of holding a a spot on, on a major league roster, certainly not as a designated hitter. Um, but yeah, even if he was at a position that was, you know, a more, a more premium position, um, he, like his bat just hasn't been up to par lately. And I don't know, it, pitchers have made adjustments to him and he just hasn't been able to make them back. But overall, lo- looking at the team from a macro perspective, I would certainly not push the panic button right now. They're still first in the AL Central, and things are looking good overall. Okay. Joe, I'm detecting a schism in the Indianapolis field office. I think you and Chris are going to have to have a sidebar discussion while I push it over to Tommy and Darren, <laughs> because I think there could be there could be hands thrown over the Yermin diagnosis, but we'll let uh, Crystal acknowledge that as well. Tommy, Darren, solve this for us, please. Yeah, so I'm just uh, basically looking at it as they did pretty well against Toronto, they did pretty well against Tampa, and then they finally had a terrible stretch of games, probably the first one since the beginning of the season when we were all like, this team might be actually be bad, and we were afraid of that, but then they went on a run and kind of solved all that. Um, And definitely looking at their schedule coming up, it definitely, like, Seems like the this past weekend can solve itself pretty quickly, though Minnesota has been a bit better as well, along with Pittsburgh. Um, but the same old things that are bad are still bad. The bullpen, still kind of bad. Uh, the hitting, still kind of bad. But they still have figured it out whenever they needed to and got something out of anybody. Um, and I'd still see that happening in the future. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not pessimistic, but I do think that we have to see what happens with the White Sox this week because how they recover from a series like that is going to dictate the rest of the kind of the trajectory of the season for me, because this was the first series where all of the little things that, you know, we all nagged about with this team throughout the season, whether it be injuries, depth, bullpen, offensive performance, your mean, all of that kind of came to full fruition in this series. And this is what good teams do is they exploit all of those issues that teams have. And 
it's great that they can beat the bad teams, but if they want to go far in the playoffs, this is the stuff that they have to figure out. And I just, I don't want to be a naysayer, but at the same time, Tony LaRusso only has so much bench magic that he can work out with the guys that he's kind of throwing together in these lineups on a day-to-day basis. So I think, I think some things were exposed and I hope that the Sox are able to figure out ways to kind of cover that up as the season goes on, but I wouldn't just chalk it up as one bad series. There were a lot of, lot of issues here. Yeah, Tommy, you, you hit it and Darren sort of alluded to it. We're talking almost about two teams now. It's not a matter of, okay, is this team going to be a five above 500? Is this team going to be in the playoff hunt? Now there's this different level where it's like, there's a pad in this division. Of course, nothing is figured out, but realistically, the Central Division sucks. The White Sox mm-hmm. should have this division. Uh, yep. Now it's, what do you do when you face Houston in the playoffs? What are you doing when you see the Rays again? And we are attacking the season now sort of with those two different angles because it's not just a matter of, all right, we're going to win enough to make the playoffs and win this division. That's not in hand, but that's sort of one path. That's a, I, think, I don't think anybody should be panicking about that. But then this other path of, well, what do you do once you get there? We saw what happened right. you know, last year where it was like a free frog, flip a coin, you get in the playoffs. And you know it was exciting that the White Sox were in the playoffs, but you know, we saw it happen there. We'd rather not have that happen in the first round again, especially if the White Sox, you know, may even have like a, a home field advantage in that, in that first round. Exactly. So we, we are having to sort of attack this on the, these two different angles. Uh, and uh, Crystal, I, I, I want to give you a chance to defend your, your guy, your me. <laughs> I don't know how much you can defend him right now. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like it breaks my heart every single time I have to put him as a cold cat in that poll. <laughs> Like every, I'm like, this is not, no, he was too good. What is happening? And you, you, as much as I just want to be like, well, it's Tony La Russa. This is, it's just his issue. He broke him. That's not the truth. We all know that's not actually the truth. So I don't know how I can defend him right now. He, he does. He needs to go down to Charlotte for a little bit and get this like, get out of this funk because I do think some of it is mental, but at the same time he's been figured out and he just needs to go and reassess what's happening so he can come back and continue to smash balls. Yeah. This is, this is the first year we've done what we're doing in terms of the, the, the voting. Um, so of course that coincides with you hopping on the six pack, uh, Cheryl. So sorry to put you through the uh, crystal Cheryl. Hey Cheryl, how you doing? Nice to see you. Good to see you in uh, Indianapolis. That's uh, Cheryl O'Keefe. In Indianapolis. Okay. Anybody else want to host? Uh, at any rate, uh, this is the first time we're doing this. So we, we're not really, we haven't really tracked these MVPs around traffic cold cats and uh, Jose Abreu is sort of like uh, dabbled in both lists, but your mean went from commanding. He was like the MVP the first couple, three weeks in the season. And now he's on the cold cats list. Nobody has made that sort of like fall uh, ever. Of course, you know, it's just this season, but it has been a pretty sad story. And the notion that he may need a, just a little bit of a, of a reset in Charlotte, I don't think is, is making anybody crazy, even if maybe who you're bringing up from Charlotte isn't necessarily a, a better gamble. It just does seem like your mean is, is really out of whack. Yeah. He just, he needs a break. Like I have no regret. Somebody said on Twitter earlier, I saw they're like, I bet all these people are regretting their like Jersey or shirt purchase. And I was like, not regretting it. Like what he did for the fan base and that, you know, first almost two months was insane. So I have no regrets on that. He's an incredible player. He's just, he's stuck right now. 
There are people that still wear Daniel Polka jerseys. I don't know why anyone would feel bad about wearing something with your manner on it. I mean, that's like, one in the reply. And they were like, I bought a Jeff Samarja jersey. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Innocuous White Sox jerseys are very much a thing that I don't think anybody would ever discount someone for. And you know, there's a big difference I still between. I have my Dion Vicieto jersey. There, there you go. go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's a big difference between the $400 authentic and like the jersey too. So, I mean, you know, exactly. it also depends on how hard you've gone in for your mean uh, based on his delicious uh, hamburger and, and beer and his mashing for uh, six weeks or whatever. Uh, okay. We have already begun to try to solve this team as if it really needs to be solved. I think we've all, hopefully we've provided, that's what you turn to Southside Sox for calm in times of panic, uh, steady hand, logic, uh, consistency, getting guests' names wrong, all of that stuff. We're going to take a quick break <laughs> while I can just bite my tongue, and we are going to try to solve uh, what's going on with the White Sox, uh, little tweaks that might be made. Uh, we're going to go roundtable on that and see what the White Sox need to do from here to sort of get back, aside from just playing the lane teams coming up in the schedule. We'll be back in just a second. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, we're back. It was just a second. We are back with Southside Sox Mothership Podcast number 47. Joining me, of course, is my good friend, Cheryl O'Keefe in Indianapolis, a great friend of mine. We're very close. Uh, she likes to go by the name Crystal, but, you know, I just call her what I want. Uh, hey, Darren Black from the storage locker. I'm giving him trouble about the storage locker, but I'm going to just keep going with it because I like it. Representing his minors podcasts appearance with Charlotte. Charlotte, right? Yeah, the Charlotte. only team that didn't lose today. Ah, see, there you go. Connection, connection. We're going to see him. boy. We will probably see him tomorrow. <laughs> Still <on> counts. <laughs> Tommy Barbie uh, and Joseph, Super Joseph, Sox Math Champ, Reese is all joining up on the Mothership Podcast here. Now we are going to take a look at what the White Sox do need to do. We already sort of crept into it a little bit with your mean. Maybe a change needs to happen. A little bit of fine-tuning in Charlotte, at least mixing in some sort of different DH approach because him – Day in, day out, batting eighth, batting third, batting second, leading off, uh, batting twice uh, through one time in the order. Uh, none of that is working right now. Uh, he probably just needs a little bit of time. Uh, other solutions that come to mind from any of you? We can start by getting rid of Adam Eaton and replacing <laughs> him with a ham sandwich. <laughs> All roads lead to getting rid of Adam Eaton. <laughs> That is one thing you can count on me for is to just tell you to just cut him. And I don't even, you can replace him with my 10 year old. He just won a championship. So, I mean, hate At least he's on the injured list finally. (laughs) I I mean, that's, that's not a small move given that he's been hurt. I I think maybe since the second week of the season, (laughs) he's been hurt for a long time. So, I mean, hopefully from the second week of the season. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't get that physical. So, (laughs) yeah, I I don't know if there's a quick fix for this team right now. I mean, I, I think that's, that's the worry, at least for me is that there, there are a lot of guys that, 
you know, speaking of Charlotte, that I would like to see potentially get some play on, on the major league level to see what they have or may not have, you know, Berger is a perfect example of that, that could fill in nicely for a DH role, but I don't know that that you can't say that that's a long-term solution, but if they need some added depth, somebody that can kind of inject some energy into this team, that that's to me the quickest fix that the Sox could do. Tommy, don't even play around. You want to see somebody from Birmingham. I want to see Mike Rodolfo. I do want to see Mike Rodolfo. In the in the perfect world, Mike Rodolfo would be here tomorrow hitting 500-foot bombs. Don't but the world isn't quite ready for it yet. So I appreciate just... that the Southside Sox account tagged Tommy in one of his updates. Yes. Like, thank you for finally joining in on that. That's our thing. That's what it's like. You have to do it. We I sign think, a contract. I think Tommy is predicting that the Yerminator burger is going to be replaced with the Micro burger in the second half of the season. Pretty uh, much. But it's, it's nice that you paid lip service to Jake burger or Gavin sheets <laughs> or oh, that's cool, but let's just cut right to it. Uh, oh okay. yeah. Ultimately. Aside from Micro coming straight out of Birmingham, uh, bringing some Alabama fire to the South side, uh, is the solution in the minor leagues, is it just a matter of saying, hey, uh, how about this? The rotation did show some cracks this last run through, probably for the first time this season. And maybe not really, I mean, I guess the cracks maybe are minor, but uh, any concern there? This this rotation's been uh, extraordinarily healthy. And, uh, and uh, with guys who maybe you wouldn't have thought would be necessarily as good as they've been. Basically almost all of them have been better than perhaps expected. Is there concern there or did they just run into a pretty strong Houston team playing at home, even depleted offensively, just ready to, to break out the can of whoop ass on the White Sox? I, I don't think there is concern, but with MLB saying they're cracking down on foreign substances, if there's any kind of huge drop in spin rate, you should automatically just kind of be worried. I think Lance Lynn's spin rate did fall, but he himself said that he just didn't have it that day. So I'm just going to let the veteran just who knows his body better than anyone else to say that he uh, just had a bad day. Um, and unfortunately this rotation in Charlotte is also not having a fantastic season. Jimmy Lambert's probably the best guy. Um, and he's obviously been up for a spot start, and he's not having a great season. Uh, Jonathan Stever has looked like a shell of himself compared to 2019 Stever, um, which may be player development fault uh, for sending him from high A to MLB in last year without any kind of whatever when they were trying to find anything with all their starter injuries. Um, but Charlotte really does not have a ton of answers for the pitching side of it. The best reliever, Tyler Johnson, has been hurt and not good. Um, and then there's really been nothing else. Jace Fry has been looking pretty good, if you're interested in Jace Fry. But he's been around for a while, and he's been uninteresting pretty quickly whenever he's been up here. So it's just kind of – they just need to go out and get somebody. just depends on when they're going to go do it. You're, you're ignoring – we do this every week. The KBO's very <laughs> own Mike Wright. He's ready. He's ready to solve some problems, man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, Mike Ray. 
I don't know. We can jump into uh, solutions on the uh, the trade front. I but I think rather than specifics, because oh, that's getting way ahead of ourselves, people. Yeah. Uh, yeah I yeah. guess maybe let's take temperature of the room of what the White Sox may do. Rick Hahn has not been proven. He has not really had the opportunity. You can't count last year. Uh, has had the opportunity to prove whether or not he is clutch at the trade deadline. Uh, off season when he's got a lot of assets, he's been pretty clutch. He's made some pretty nice trades that turned around really nicely for the White Sox under pressure when needed. He hasn't done it yet. He does still have some time. Is it going to happen? He'll do something. It'll probably not be up to par in ter- like as far as many White Sox fans are concerned. Um, yeah. Like I think that's, you know, in, in not too long, Eloy Jimenez will be back. And, you know, in his mind, he's kind of like almost hinted into or like let, set himself up to say like, oh, okay, well, if Jimenez is back, that is a huge addition for us, even though obviously he didn't have to, you know, necessarily do anything for that to happen. Um, no, he did not. <laughs> <laughs> um I know you said nothing specific on the trade front. I, I do have to mention a guy who has been very much on my mind lately is Kyle Sorber. I kind of t- wrote about him a little bit in the off season and said, you know, if I was a GM, I would strongly consider him because of the White Sox. Um, you know, they were obviously not very good against right-handers last year, and he just crushes the ball against le- uh, against right-handers. Um, he has 17 already this year against righties alone. Um that number increased by three today. So it's a trendy time to be talking about him, I guess. But um, yes, he, his contract expires at the end of the year, but you know, that just means his prices will be low. He's plays for the nationals who are below 500. So who knows it could happen, but really I'm, someone who mashes the ball against righties would be someone who I would be targeting right now. And it's cool, Joe, it doesn't put pressure on any of the other White Sox because he can't field either. And the White Sox are busy amassing those types of players. So mm-hmm. no pressure on anybody else. They're always going to be like, Peck, hey, I'm the best left fielder you got. Because exactly. you guys just uh, acquired Kyle Schwarber for Schwarbombs. Oh, that's cute. All right. Uh, anything more exciting from uh, you, you other three? Because uh, Kyle Schwarber, yeah, I mean, that's out there. And, and, and you know, okay, it's out there. Yeah, for sure. I don't feel confident that it's going to be anybody out of the farm system. I mean, and I'm kind of in this theory that maybe it's not a good time to do any trades or bring anybody new in because you do have a bunch of players that are going to be eventually coming up, you know, hopefully by August we'll have two of our best players back. So I just have a feeling that if Rick does anything, it's just going to be internal and it's just going to be pulling from Charlotte until the good guys are back. Well, because the good, that seems to be what they do best. The good news is, uh, Crystal, a.k.a. Cheryl, uh, you, um, I know you make uh, churros. Uh, there, there's rumors of birthday cake around the house. Uh, but I think Rick Hahn has just sent you an edible arrangement. Uh, you, t- you said exactly what he wants to hear, which is, we got guys coming. They just happen to already be on our team. That's, that's going to be the MO. And I, it's like the Twilight Zone. Every year, Rick Hahn's like, Oh, hey, this guy's going to come back. It's like a trade, but we didn't have to give anyone up. We didn't have to spend any money. We didn't have to do anything. They just came back, and now they're here, and it's like a trade, but it's not. We we it's, didn't understand that the money will be spent man, in rehabbing the guys we already have. I get it now. There's a T-shirt. Just laugh through the pain. Laugh through the pain. <laughs> 
White Sox baseball 2021. Laugh through the pain. Very nice. Very nice, Crystal. Uh, 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 Darren, pr- prediction? <laughs> yeah, so I'm just in general pretty low on the farm system. So uh, it, it would have to be an expiring contract, like for Schwarber, uh, if they were to trade somebody. But they also, like, no one is really doing that well. Um, and they're uh, more highly rated prospects. None of them are in the top 100, but their more highly rated ones are not doing so hot in Canapolis as they're 11 and 33. So <laughs> you can kind of put apples to apples there. But really the only guy that's actually doing well is Mike Rodolfo. And I don't think he's going to be in the majors at all this year for the White Sox. Sorry, Tommy. <laughs> but if, if they were going to trade somebody for something this year, I think it's going to be Adolfo because that this is his last year, probably in a White Sox uniform, just regardless, because he's this is his last uh, year on the 40 man roster. And then he has to go through the rule five draft if they keep him. And I don't think they're going to keep him because they're the next year. They're out. If there is a next year, their, their outfield is already set. So they don't really need him. And we've speculated, Darren, that there's a reason why, even though by all by any stretch, Micah should be, even though there's not maybe room, uh, he should be in Charlotte. And there might be yeah, reason he's not in he Charlotte. That's because he's kicking ass in Alabama. So do I don't let's Doing just really roll well with that. Those numbers. Yeah. <laughs> he's hitting homers in a very pitcher-friendly park. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you get a team that might just want to sort of like – I don't know who exactly would think that's the enough. Fairy Baltimore, dust. Tigers, Seattle, but that, Colorado. That's where I get a little confused because it's like, sure, his numbers are great, and but anyone that has even remotely studied what the Sox have been doing with Adolfo know that he's older. He hasn't really put it together until this season. Mm-hmm. And if you're that interested in catching lightning in a bottle, I'm almost certain there's probably other teams that might have more interesting prospects that you'd rather have for some of these guys that are going to be on the trading block. Even if we're talking about uh, Schwarber or Jonathan Scope or any of these guys that will probably be available closer to the deadline, there will be teams lining up for anyone of true value whether it's offensive or defensive versatility and i don't think the Sox can compete with it from a prospect offer standpoint uh okay speed round uh we know they're very likely to acquire some sort of relief arm you know because they're just hanging out in an empty lot somewhere at this point uh and yeah and of course there is a, a need that's what contenders do they're not going to grab a starting rotation arm because the starting rotation is perfect and nothing will happen to them right so it probably is going to come down to in terms of any any uh, major deal it's going to be an infield um supplement or an outfield supplement um okay so those are your two options or go off the board and tell me i'm stupid and uh, tell me i got your name wrong and say yeah they're going to get a starter uh, okay speed round give me what your thought is infield outfield I'm going outfield because they all like all three of their plan a options heading into the season are now injured. Um, of course, Eaton shouldn't have been a plan a option, but you know, that's a discussion for a, another day, I guess, but um, it's a different podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, that is my answer. Go outfield too. I mean, it, although I keep saying Kimberger play second base, but yeah, outfield. 
we just need that depth a lot more. <laughs> I'm going infield because I do not believe Berger can play any position. Yeah, that's just it. I don't know if he can. He not only can't play second base. Yeah. I mean, it's great Third that Charlotte keeps keeps like tweeting out great plays, and he's made some great plays, but it sort of ignores the fact yeah. that he's, kind of, he's really piled up the errors. I don't know how routine the plays are, but I'm guessing on a lot of real routine plays. Yeah, he, he plays third base like Moncada played second, where all he makes these awesome plays, but then he's just like, well, what are you doing? And there's just too many of those, what are you doing? And we saw a lot of those, what are you doing this weekend on defense as well. So I don't want to add another guy that does that. Hmm. Got a good bat, though, if they need a DH and your mean goes down. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> Team with a dozen DHs. Okay, Tommy, infield, outfield, or off the board? Infield. Uh, it's good. You like how I declared the speed round, even though apparently uh, the Zoom overlords are not yelling at us yet. So we could just – we can talk for hours longer about this <laughs> team that we're, you know, um, uh, still very much – uh, positive about uh, again, Rick Hahn, um, maybe in the comments or in the actual post with this, uh, we'll we'll get maybe we'll get you a PO box of uh, the O'Keefe somewhere so you can send that edible arrangement because you owe her. Come on now, you know you do. Plus, you got to hire her. She's got she's the bottle opener, uh, 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 yoga yoga instructor. I mean, we figured out you. There's several ways that you're going to be hired by this team. Yeah, and then I'll die there. So. <laughs> and then you're going to die there. So basically, once you're hired, you never leave. Okay, yes. The mortuary plan. <laughs> Can you be the strength and conditioning coach then? And <laughs> yeah, totally. And like teach them that's, some flexibility so well, they don't. That's the it's, funny, it's funny you say that because I was talking to my son. Like he, His team won championship last week. And I was saying, you know, hey, we should try track because you're, you're a very fast runner. We should We should try track to kind of get you conditioned for baseball. And he was like, oh, yeah. That's probably a good idea. I think I'll try out for that. And I was like, conditioning. I know it. I know what to do. (laughs) You are a step ahead of where the White Sox are right now. (laughs) Thank you. I'm available at White Sox um, just wherever. You know what? I could probably also play second base, to be honest. Yeah. And forget that thing about the the, the P.O. box and the post. Yeah, just send the direct message to Crystal. Get the yeah. big edible arrangement tour that way. Come on. I'm verified now on Twitter somehow, so I'm easier to find at me. Ooh. Well, now. Big leagues. Yeah, I like how everybody on my staff, on my 800-person staff, has more followers than me. 800 people. You know, it's cute. It's cute. But <laughs> it's okay. I'm, you know, it's fine. You know, I, I put all my muscle into at Southside Sox, where I connect, <laughs> where I make the love matches between Mike Rodolfo and Tommy Barbie and the White Sox, and you know, and everybody ends up happy. Uh, what more do we got to talk about with this team? Uh, obviously, no panic, uh, and the team should fatten up pretty well. Uh, again, I think Pittsburgh got its allotment of wins out for the month just in this past weekend against Cleveland. I'm sorry, Cleveland. They they kept saying that you just would come up with starting pitching and just would generate it, pick it right off the tree, but apparently maybe that isn't the case. Thank goodness. It only took about 13 pitchers before they finally ran out, and probably me saying that means they will throw some great games against us next year when we play them because I think we're already done with them this year. But uh, there's a reason for optimism this week, heading into this week, right? They get they get a chance to take a break Monday and uh, just launch into it and start repadding that run differential again and ignoring Tony La Russa again. You can only hope. I'm still pissed I didn't win on my birthday. So 
fingers crossed this week. That's rude. Broken win streak, not winning on the birthday. Chris is out for some revenge here. This is going to be a rough week. White Sox, so we're going to strap it down. <laughs> hey, what was the what was the impression of Gordon? I didn't listen to. I don't think I hardly listened to him at all. Uh, what was the impression of Gordon Beckham uh, doing the booth? They decided to not invite Wimpy Pachoric back, I guess, to sub for uh, Stone or any of the other uh, weirdos that come up with over, over the years. Uh, how how was uh, how was old Bacon? I think his voice was soothing, but he does not like dead air. And he would just not stop. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of, we've got uh, Len and DJ on radio and then Stoney and Benetti. So it's hard to compare those guys. I thought he was fine, but he was certainly very unpolished. Um, I actually did like him better uh, play-by-play than he is in the studio, which, and I don't really, well, I don't really think, I don't really like him in studio. I don't really like anybody in studio besides Zazie, to be honest, but he, he was fine. He's just, he's not Steve Stone, which is pretty hard to do. That's yeah, true. that's a good point. I, I think he, st- he started off nervous and like the, there was no intonation whatsoever in his voice. It was just like this very flat delivery. And I yeah. was like, oh, this is going to be a long weekend. But <laughs> then I think once Jason made him feel comfortable enough to, kind of get into the broadcast it was better but they still just had some very random side conversations that felt like they just went on forever and it's like okay i know the game isn't that great right now but let's talk about something else like i I don't want to talk about the scoreboard adding or what kind of you know bush trim they have in the center field and like all the other random comments that were were coming along is uh you know, Beckham just kind of observed the ballpark. It hasn't been that long since we did have to listen to some really, really, really diminished skills. Uh, Very and, true. And corn pone uh, accent of Hawk Harrelson. So we really didn't <laughs> need it right back like two years later, but we got it with, uh, with Gordon Beckham. Uh, and listen, NBC, 0 for 4, 0 and 4. You don't really need to know anything more. No offense to Gordon Beckham, but you went 0 and 4 taking over. Uh, you gotta sit. You gotta wait your turn for a while. Own four, and that ain't good. Uh, that ain't good, Gordo. Um, well, I guess that probably. I don't know. I guess that wraps it up. We've solved all the problems with the White Sox. Uh, they are ready to shoot back to the top. Chris was ready to start another winning streak. Uh, Darren's probably going to be hopping on with me for their next podcast on Southside Sox, the minor league. Uh, update because you know he likes talking minors he wears the minor hats he's always got a different hat but see i noticed he re- he repeated a hat when he came on you know the mothership podcast so we're gonna see what he comes yeah. up with tomorrow Sorry. uh and uh super joseph uh gonna maybe just gonna just stroll through the neighborhood and win a couple more socks masks dig that uh great story uh if you didn't read it well i guess you missed it but uh, that was a pretty entertaining one, uh, Joe. And I am not surprised, I will say. And Tommy, my Believe in White Sox partner. Oh, uh, yeah, there are other podcasts we do. <laughs> Sorry, SB Nation, we do other podcasts. The good news is nobody's listening. So, you know, uh, nobody's <laughs> exactly eating into the Mothership podcast and uh, the big numbers we're doing for SB Nation. Well, listen, we've got a big week uh, come Wednesday. Uh, Sharon Sachs is talking. I forget the guy's name, but he's a retired professor. Big, big deal in terms of uh, how spin works with baseball, a bunch of physics stuff. But he's going to talk 
uh, straight up with the sharing socks, father and son duo about what's going on with the ball, what's going on with spin, what's going on with spider tack. Uh, he'll probably solve it all in terms, of especially going forward with how baseball is going to try to be less of a home runs and strikeouts game. Uh, I will be interested to hear how they are going to go about doing that. Probably getting the commissioner out of the chair will help start, but uh, that's all still coming up this week. Of course, tomorrow we'll have our, our minor league update and uh, we're going to have a a lot of fun stuff uh, this whole week with podcasts, with coverage, big winning uh, week for the White Sox coming up. Thank you, Cheryl Crystal. Thank you, Joseph Reeses. Thank you, Darren Black and Tommy Barbie. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening, everybody. Reading, even watching sometimes. Appreciate you joining us for podcast number 47. We'll be back at you probably later in the week with yet another Mothership podcast. And I'm guessing the Indianapolis field office will be part of that too. Thanks everybody. (laughs)